You should have a gun. Her dress doesn't even have pockets. What's that? On your screen. Some kind of program about a Westworld on TV. Well, it doesn't sound like anything to me. I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. And this doesn't sound like anything to me. The third best jazz trio. Welcome to Jazz World, baby. That's right. It's the 1930s. We're in Chicago, which means... Excuse me? Excuse me? 20s? It is the roaring 20s. I have some arguments to make with some specific vehicles they have, but you know what? It's a park. It's not It's not a TV show or a movie, so I'm okay with that. But the point is, it's 2.13 p.m. and I'm already drunk. Aha! Just like everyone was back in the roaring 20s. And, and when they mentioned a pandemic and a great war, were you like, oh no, they're doing 2022 world. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> that, that timeline doesn't work out at all. This wasn't 150 years ago. <laughs> time cyclical, baby. Uh, and it's time to do what everybody else should do at this point. Give up and leave well enough alone. That's the title of season four, episode two of Westworld. Directed by Craig William McNeil. Written by Matt... Two great names. I just like these names. That's the only reason I'm so focused on that this week. Matt Pitts and Christina Ham. When it's Pitts and Ham time, <laughs> you know it's going to be a good episode. You know what? I would love to be thrown into a ham pit. This episode flew by. This was... I can't tell if this was a very good episode or just a very short episode. Aren't they one and the same sometimes? <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes. Are you, I, I, are, you, are you one of those guys who's like, oh, I can't wait until every show is doing the stupid fucking Stranger Things 90 minute to two hour episode thing? Yeah, I've, I'm one of those people when I buy a video game, I just take the disc and I weigh it. The heavier it is, <laughs> the be- more I've gotten for my money. <laughs> I enjoyed this episode slightly more than uh, the previous one. I do have to say, though. We are so far beyond anything Western. Uh, uh, the, the, the Western aspects of the show are basically gone at this point. They have taken a bit of a departure and we are going to get into it. But before we do, Ivan, we need to know what happened previously on Westworld. I do believe that anytime a woman dyes her hair brunette, she should be treated as a new character. <laughs> See, This is what happens when you leave out old bananas and don't make bread. (laughs) Writing tip. If someone jumps off a building in front of you, that means you're doing good work. Keep it up. (laughs) Darkness sells. Personally, I feel like I could have shot the small immobile child less than 20 feet away from me. (laughs) I don't have a lot of experience with guns, but I feel like I could have made that shot. As soon as you stop running, everyone else starts to catch up. Yes, Caleb, that's how motion works. This better be a prelude to some sort of robot rabbit versus robot hair scenario. (laughs) And finally, this is what happened to the guy who took the W out of 10 D-Way Newton's name. (laughs) And And that's previously on on Westworld. Westworld. I'm going to have that overlaid. And it's going to be like Ford's voice in Dolores' in season two. (laughs) <laughs> Where it's just like, what is that? And the ultimate reveal will be it's Anthony Hopkins. He's been a guest on this podcast the entire time. <laughs> Honestly, after he after he started endorsing NFTs, I was like, maybe we could get him. He started endorsing NFTs. 
Ah, the, all of them are. Isn't all that, of the celebrities are? No, but like, isn't that like the first sign of elder abuse? Like, if you're if you're over eighty, famous actor starts endorsing NFTs, making TikToks. You need the state to intervene. There needs to be conservatorship at that point. Uh, so we open on Clementine in Mexico. I wanted to say good for Angela Serafian after being the most put upon robot for several seasons, but ooh. Oh, which part are you? I'm not even sure what your face is right now. Oh, I'm so sad for her because she got fucking ganked. Here's the thing. Does she get murdered? Yes. But I feel like this is one of those scenarios where if it's two hosts fighting, you haven't begun to threaten somebody until you have actually shot them. That's fair. Like, words don't mean anything. Like, you have to at least to have lost an arm before you're like, I think they... I think they want me to do this for real. So Clementine is walking through the market and people are just be like, oh, beautiful, beautiful white lady. She really is uh, playing the beautiful white lady simulator. <laughs> well, I mean, people just hand her flowers. Yeah. Children walk by her and go, ah, oh, beautiful white lady. An adorable dog in the street market has to steal to live. And I really wanted this to be the Abu to Clementine's Aladdin. <laughs> her, her gracias is about on par with what I just said. Like, if you just heard the way I pronounced gracias and you flinched, I think that was pretty... I'm doing a pitch-perfect impression of her Spanish accent. <laughs> and that's the most important part of being a white lady, in, a beautiful white lady in a foreign setting. If you're trying to blend into a location, no matter how remote you think the town is, bit of a hint. Do not get a single-family residence that is on a hill overlooking the town with nobody else nearby when you look like nobody else in that town. Oh, but... That's the second most important part of being a beautiful white lady in a foreign country. You got that uh, uh, one, uh, 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 was it uh, one fucking night in Tuscany? Tuscan Nights. Yeah. For Tuscan Nights. Yeah, I re- my- Under the Tuscan Sun. Under the Tuscan Sun. My favorite one was from the sequel starring Julia Roberts, Eat, Pray, Kill. <laughs> so William shows up. I'll see you in hell before I tell you. Happy to oblige. All robots go to heaven, though. Is that true? I wish. If it was just hosts and dogs, I'd have a great time. Oh, just robots and dogs? Yeah. And dog robots? Yeah, Some yeah. of those Boston Dynamics dogs are going to hell, though. No, those, they're the best. They do group exercise classes together. It's wonderful. I mean, when when they're doing group exercise classes over your uh, moldering corpse, you're going to feel differently. They're not going to be killing me in heaven. <laughs> They'll just be adorable. Wait, so Maeve and Caleb. Yeah. Am I being too direct that i just feel like caleb's gonna die and mave is gonna raise that kid as their own i mean she does kind of look like her uh previous generic biracial daughter it does look like somebody who you would recast the daughter as like i was like that's mm-hmm. not the same actress obviously yeah but if they had had to find a new actress this wouldn't be that far off the mark a credit to your wife's genetics no doubt we all know those aaron paul genes are garbage it's also funny to me because it's like, it feels to me like she's a host. She's a robot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she's addressing this other culture. Oh, these genetics you have that I've heard so much about. <sighs> the Mendelian genetics you have when you pass down children instead of manufacturing brain pearls, the good and honest way. Caleb is like, wow, uh, out in the cabin in the woods, it seems it seems uh, pretty lonely out there. Who said I was lonely? Of oh, the Ivan Hernandez motto? <laughs> Do how do you feel about Maven Caleb's chemistry? I it it it's fine. I mean, they they went through stuff together, but that stuff happened in season three. So does it count? 
Ah, that was two years ago. I don't know. I just watched them together, and I feel like he treats her like they were soldiers together back in the nondescript war. And then, like, she treats him like it's Felix or Lutz, which feels appropriate. A sidekick. Yes, as a sidekick. But it's like them together, just it doesn't quite gel with me. I have to say, the the best part of a robot seems like being able to drink and drive. Yeah, it's a great time. You were too enthusiastic about that. Yeah, she pu- she pulls the cork out. <laughs> just like, I'm having a great time. Takes a swig. I hate when they do moments like that because I'm like, is it cool? Yes. <laughs> but th- it brings up so many functional questions about like how the robots work. I'm sure she could just induce the feeling of being appropriately drunk upon herself, given she has admin access to every other robot, including herself. So then it's like, does she just like the aesthetic of it? I feel like Maeve is slowly turning into Bender. <laughs> if she belches fire at some point, I'm going to say it's far too Bender. Maeve Malay Rodriguez? Yeah. Somehow they didn't have enough money to pay John DiMaggio, but they did have enough money to pay Tentiway Newton. Be a great new Bender. <laughs> By the way, how, how fucking cheap was it on Disney's part that they were like, uh, we could replace John DiMaggio, it's- one of the great voice actors of all time? Recently, I started going back to watch Futurama for the first time in a long time. That first season is one of the most beautiful seasons of television of all time. The whole the, the whole initial run is great, yeah. but that first season I love so fucking much. I just finished the the uh, Santa Claus episode John where Goodman. Santa is a murderous yeah. robot. Very very Westworld actually. Yeah, but <laughs> it is such a good show. But it is so dated. It is so old now. But. We've got another, another reboot coming. How do you piss off the fans of the original show? Like, do you think, are there more fans of the show now that are young? Like, who's, I don't, who are the fans I of the show? I don't know because. Are, is Gen I, Z I, watching this ironically? Gen Z, I'm going to be so mad if you're watching this show ironically. This is an earnestly <laughs> good show. Oh, they saw Bender TikTok and they're like, I want to watch the show that that t- uh, character on TikTok is from. That's how all these kids uh, uh, absorb culture these days through TikToks. It's fascinating to me that like it's the first generation where I feel like on demand previous generations culture is available very easily. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to you don't have to dig through record crates. You can just listen to all of every piece of music from forever. And so I feel like their generation is just less tied to the now like you can really reach for bits and pieces which is cool from a historical perspective but it also just makes their culture an amalgamation of other cultures plus olivia rodrigo those are (laughs) i i think the kids these days need to be forced to do more scouring uh gross p2p applications for their media i want more kids to have to download system of a down legend of zelda dot mp3 i think everybody under 28 should get no more than 15 minutes of screen time a day (laughs) that's that's way too liberal (laughs) i think 10 but non-consecutive you can look at your uh electronics for one minute 10 times a day (laughs) so they're headed to senate senator and Anastasia Whitney's house. Now, when you saw the actor who plays Senator Ken Whitney, what was your immediate reaction? There has to be a central casting book of just, like, guys who would look really good, like, campaigning against mutants. Now, he has been in a lot of other things, but my immediate thought was, save the cheerleader, save the world. Oh, he's from Heroes? Yeah, he was He was the main antagonist in the first season of Heroes. Just a, just a real, real evil guy. 
we get more of Maeve's Neo from the Matrix powers where she just looks at a, a security camera and goes, boop. She's universal remote now. Yeah, she's always, she had universal remote in season three. Yeah. But Dolores in Hale has messed with the passwords a bit. And now she has to emphasize different words. Freeze all motor functions. Freeze all motor functions. Freeze all motor functions. Freeze all motor functions. And eventually she figured it out. I said freeze all motor functions. Oh no, they set themselves to Spanish. <laughs> so I posted about this on our feed on Twitter. Future World. This is Future World. It's always been pulling a lot from Future World, yes. but this is Future World's plot. This is literally the plot of Future World, which is uh, replace high-ranking uh, political powers with robots. It, and it was very strange because when I when we went back and watched Westworld and Future World, Westworld is just robots malfunction, robots shoot everybody. There was never a question of sentience. Mm-hmm. It was just literally this toaster's trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. That was all that was happening in, in Westworld. And the few people I know who were like old enough to have nostalgia for Westworld before the TV show came out. That was what they liked. And they were like, Future World was trash. And I have to admit, Future World was trash. (laughs) But all of the ideas that this show is based on come from Future World. Like, they start asking, like, oh, are they possibly sentient? And and they're just, like, beginning to touch on that. But there's much more of, like, we've replaced all these important world leaders with robots, and we're using that to influence the world. Mm. And there's been aspects of that throughout the whole show. But this is directly season four. Like, I started rereading the plot on Wikipedia – And it's very close to Future World, which makes me think that this could be the final season. Was I right or was I right? Literally, it has them opening another park in Future World, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that the first park was such a disaster. I gotta say, Michael Crichton was right. People will go back to the well after a terrible disaster. If they opened a Jurassic Park that was exactly like the Jurassic Park right now... I would go. I would go. Knowing. Knowing. I would absolutely go. I would 100% go to no predator animal Jurassic Park. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You get, I get to look at an ankylosaurus? <laughs> the gentleman of the uh, of prehistoric era? When they're like, do you want to go to Jurassic Park? You're just like, PV? <laughs> I don't want to go to the, I don't want to go to the PVP Jurassic Park. <laughs> RP? 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 RP, just PvE. I really have to give Maeve credit for being uh, the first person to just shoot the leg. Yeah. If somebody who is immune to bullets in their central torso area is coming at you, yeah. just shoot the kneecaps out. Just shoot the kneecaps out. Also, as we are repeatedly reminded, they are excellent physical specimens. They, they all can shoot very well, uh, both mm-hmm. with guns and at golf. So there's no reason not to just precisely pick your points and disassemble that person. Can we talk for just one second? The moment where she's like, your host, just like me. And they like flip out of pretending to act human and start acting like hosts. This took you long enough. I kind of hate it. That had no, that moment had no impact on you. That because how many times have you seen that? But they're senators. They're wait, actually, that makes it kind of fun. That actually the most trusted people of uh, all time. Nobody trusts. Anyone more than a U.S. senator. It's not about being trustworthy. It's about, like, they're taking it to a larger stage than they have ever before. Ever before. But honestly, this is, like, the ethically least problem I've had with anybody being killed and turned into a host. I, how many, how much better would the current U.S. government be if, let's say, a majority of our U.S. senators were killed and replaced by robots? Or maybe they already have. That would explain a lot. 
<laughs> I think they're mostly just drunk. No, here's here's the pattern. We 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 take down all of the Democratic senators, and then anytime anything bad happens, we just ask for more money. <laughs> and through this pattern, we'll become the richest, most powerful organization on the planet. So uh, they 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 strap down the Senator Kelly bot, and he's like, "I'm an emissary of a new world order." And people give the New World Order a lot of crap, but I think we're going to really need a one world government when the aliens come down and are like, hey, who's your leader? (laughs) One person, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, technically, we're all clones of one initial consciousness. So (laughs) good luck with that. 249 other hosts. So I it's the most robot thing ever to build a robot army and build a very even number of them. Like, why weren't there just 263 and one in process? But nope, 250 total, including the host speaking at this moment. So classic guy question. Red, Mm. do you think that you could beat up 249 robots? No! (laughs) Not even one at a time? We're not, I'm, I'm not letting all of them gang up on you at once. Do you think one host could beat up 249 me's? I think it'd be a bloodbath. There'd just be a pile of hair, a, a, a pile of bloody hair. I mean, the problem is we are smart enough to all run in different directions. <laughs> That's the thing. That if you have an infinite amount of space to run, yeah, I don't think they're ever going to catch up with yeah. all 249 of you. I mean, we haven't really understood how they're powered aside from psychic goo, but I feel like yeah. he'd, he'd run out of batteries before he caught all 249 of us. I really do want to see the answers to that poll. So there's so many guys who are like, I could beat up 249 robots. I have no experience beating up one robot, but I think I could do it. They either have some incredibly dumb strategy or they're like, do I have an EMP? I throw water on them. It's not. They're sealed, man. (laughs) This this isn't some first gen Motorola Razor. This is like a new iPhone. These things can be dunked. It is very rude to have a flashback that your friend can't see. <laughs> yes. If you are having a shared flashback at a table, please verbalize it for the other person. If you can't, just plug an HDMI cord into your asshole and show it on the projector. <laughs> that, that's where they're putting the uh, fla- the, the light bulb? Uh, they're going to be hiding it somewhere that's like not visible where there's a flap. <laughs> Got to be a flap. <laughs> but I feel like everybody has butts. You go for the butts. You are about to change your guidelines. Now edibles have a 200 milligram limit. I'm having the strangest dream. So uh, he's hitting, uh, the, they hitting people with the flies first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're flying them up. Yeah. What What are you calling the uh, fly boys? I like fly boys. I don't know. I, I, uh, fly people. I feel like boys is derogatory and we yes. don't like what they've become. So I'm allowing that gendered aspect. What about gold blooms? Now, well, those are truly evil. Jeffs. I don't like to, I don't like to, I don't like to invoke that man's name on this podcast. I gotta say, there's no more evil at Tessa Thompson than straightened hair Tessa Thompson. You know, she's, she's, uh, chaotic evil on Tessa Thompson hair alignment chart. So an interesting thing that they did in the last season, again, if you don't remember, the reason this Dolores has gone crazy is because she, was living a life as Charlotte Hale with a daughter and married to Michael Ely. Yes. And they both died in a car crash that was caused by Rehoboam and Sirach. And now she's like, well, I guess I have to kill all humans. And it and it drove her insane. But she kept the scarred up arm as a reminder of what they were capable of, which she already has replaced the rest of the body. 
Like she, mm. she had a very badly burned body at that point. So I think they're just keeping the arm as a visual reminder to us that it's not actually Charlotte Hale. Yeah. <laughs> they put this Thompson like 40 minutes of makeup a day. Yeah. Uh, just so it can be like cool fucked up arm. If you have a cool fucked up arm, that means you're evil. I think she just wears long sleeve dresses a lot. That is what is actually happening. Oh, that's, that's true too. That's true too. <laughs> Uh, so we go to the Delos headquarters, which I just finished the audiobook of, uh, Karina Longworth's Seduction, The Many Lives and, uh, The Many Loves of Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. And that man was obsessed with titties on a scale I don't think any of us will ever be able to perceive. And he would often. You yourself have appreciated a boober tune in your time. Look, look, I'm not going to say that there weren't certain points where I was like, ah, oh, I truly relate to this evil, evil man. <laughs> but he would, he would actually make titty shaped architecture and would literally be like, yes, these are shaped like titties for psychological <laughs> reasons. I'm just imagining it in the art gallery and it just says that on the flag. <laughs> yes. Looking at this Delos headquarters, <laughs> Howard Hughes's influence alive to this day. <laughs> the man knew what the people wanted. Yes. The guy from the Department of Justice uh, tries to uh, roll up on William. He's like, ah, I am backed by the full power of the United States government. Little to none. <laughs> I really love Robo William as a true villain. Mm-hmm. I love that he's not trying to be sympathetic at all anymore. Ha- yeah. What are your feelings about him in his current state? Uh, well, he's finally become Yul Brenner from Westworld. That's actually a great point. That's exactly what he's become. Just a heartless killing machine who gets off pretty fun one-liners once in a while. Just like, who said any... I can't get my voice that loud. Who? Who? Who said anything about pain? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I can't even get close. <laughs> I can't wait until Ed Harris does the posthumous anti-jewel PSA. Oh, no. Kids, don't use jewels. <laughs> Is that Ed Harris's voice? No, that's my Yul Brenner. Oh, that, Brenner. that makes more sense. Kids, don't use jewels. <laughs> I, I, when I was looking up Future World, I was reminded that Yul Brenner becomes a sex robot in Future World. After, mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, it's, it's a good life. It comes for us all. <laughs> we go into the barn and more dead horses than a set of HBO's luck. Okay, so Clementine... Meets Jim Navarro. So she's like kind of William's right-hand man now. Yeah. Which is fun, but it's also a little weird because how Clementine really was backing Maeve for the first two seasons. In season three, I guess she really did start working for Charlotte Hale Dolores. But I don't like her switching sides, but I do like her being overly confident. But she didn't switch sides. She <laughs> That's was reprogrammed. True. Yeah, she was reprogrammed. Do you yeah. think she's doing an impression of somebody? Oh, do you think these robots have free will? Do you think Angela Serafion's performance is doing an impression of some other actor in this world? Because she has some like very weird facial tics that make me think that she's actually being somebody else. And I just can't put my finger on it. As we all remember, uh, Charlotte Hale Dolores is Tessa Thompson doing a uh, very thin Evan Rachel Wood impression. Yes. And so I'm wondering if something similar is happening with Angela because she has some wild facial expressions. It has to be freeing uh, to get that role as an actor and just be like, you're a fucked up robot. <laughs> Do whatever you want with your face or your hands. It's so weird now that Angela Serafian as Clementine is just basically doing 
fucked up robot. Like if you brought her in and was just like, you're a fucked up robot. Watch the first Westworld. It feels like that's what her character is, just completely unfeeling. And don't you enjoy her just like stonewalling powerful people? But do you have an appointment? Do you think that the actors had to rewatch the previous seasons <laughs> to remember what happened to them and their uh, performances? See, that is the advantage of how long it takes to do stuff on set. Like just like one morning in the trailer doing makeup, they could probably watch half of it. <laughs> like by the time they're there on the second day, they could have had time to go through all of it. I, I feel like half of this season is just going to be uh, Maeve ending scenes by killing one of the characters like a bad improv. A lot of people are dying. Well, this one was very interesting. Did you feel anything differently at all that it was a human being killed versus it being another one of the hosts? Uh, she's a fucking cyborg, buddy. You saw all that black oil coming out of the fucking back of her head. She, she is certainly a goo girl at this point, but is, <laughs> but like, what does that mean? She got filled with ro- uh, uh, fucking uh, little fly robots that uh, turned her into a cyborg. I mean, I, so there's no recovering from this. They're not just like jumping two little neurons together. They're just hollowing her out with goo. I, I assume so. They seem to be very unstable kind of human goo zombies. We'll see. I definitely was like, oh, shit. Like they just may have just like killed a person who is completely collateral. And I'm, uh, uh, how many times did she fucking kill people? You, you think this robot cares about preserving human life at this point? I think Maeve does to some extent. Eh. To some extent. <laughs> I think it's a video game. She doesn't give a fuck. Everybody's going to respawn. <laughs> Who cares? Don Giovanni, we can't be late. I, I hate when I know that they're doing some highfalutin reference that I'm just not getting. I don't know any opera. <laughs> I didn't even know it was opera until I Googled Don Giovanni <laughs> to verify that that was not a character in the show that I knew already. <laughs> Uh, so we go back to Christina. How do you like that little retractable stove range? Ooh, <laughs> isn't that modern? All right. I'm laying out more of what I think about Christina. One, I think she's definitely having time shitty memory problems. And I think the way we're going to see that in the short term is in this episode, she has a slice on her wrist that's visible. And she will, to confuse us in this episode, she happened to wear a long sleeve dress that covered it up so that we couldn't see if she still had a slice on her wrist at various times. And in a lot of the other frames where she did not have the sleeves on, it was very clear that that was on uh, her wrist where she ex- where she cut herself in the last episode. Oh, she didn't cut herself. No, it's, yes. She, where she was cut in the last episode. Yes. Yeah. Look at this victim blame. <laughs> her roommate, Maya, not real. Zero percent real. <laughs> is it the dialogue? I it's it's is it the the terrible dialogue and the character being uh, available to discuss anything at any time? It's it's giving me Kid Cudi vibes. It's giving me uh, Bernard's wife in season one. Like I don't even think there's a physical person there. I think she is fully imagining another human being. I don't know mm. if there's a if it's a two bedroom apartment. <laughs> do you th- do you, do you think the roommate's been living in the la- uh, laundry room the entire time? No, I think. The, the, the roommate is a washer dryer. Yeah. I, th- I think Christina's circuits have invented a room where there's just a wall. There's no actual room there. This is clearly somebody created for her, uh, like keep her just, in line. Yeah. To keep her in line. Also, just the fact that her boss knows where she is at all times. Truman show. Now like, that could be a normal workplace dystopia. <laughs> <laughs> that is a normal workplace dystopia, but I think. I think the tower that's sending the secret song is just like controlling the whole area, just like it's a part of Westworld. 
it's coming from the tower. Uh, oh, this guy's playing the tower of Sisyphus and Returnal too. <laughs> My fingers are fucking beat. I can't play this game no more. <laughs> Maya, the hope center, the person who jumped off the building in the last episode was Peter. And the hope center is his charity of choice. And so Christina's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go check that out. Did you notice everybody's wearing like generic, uh, future clothes with no brands or logos on them? Yeah, they all went to Uniqlo. Also, nobody cares about all these dead birds. No. Oh, so this is a very, I feel like this is a very you question. Uh, I might have to show you the clip later. Yes, I eat the dead bird. Of course you do. You don't waste food. <laughs> yeah, I scrape them off the ground. I, 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 I get my, I get my snow shovel. I scrape the dead birds off the ground and I sh- shovel them right into my, uh, uh, rattan, my rattan, uh, dead bird, uh, pouch. <laughs> Well, what's, what is your go-to way to cook dead random bird that you found on the high line? <laughs> Deep fryer. In the scene, before she gets to work, before, just before she sees the bird, she's on the high line. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's right next to the Google building. <laughs> and she is talking to the guy who's talking about the tower. And there's a bench right there. And there are four extras sitting on the bench. One of them is staring at Evan Rachel Wood. One of them, the entire frame. <laughs> yes, it was me. <laughs> of the four of them, none of them are talking. Their mouths aren't moving at all. Two of them are staring directly at each other. So you think they're robots? I think they're robots. It is either the worst extra performance I've ever seen in my life, or they are robots. And they're definitely robots. There were some, there were some extras who were definitely trying to do, do a lot. There was that one point where, uh, uh, Christine is just like walking towards work and one of the extras just like bounds, uh, behind her. He's like, Oh, this guy's late to work. It's very funny to me when it's obvious that, uh, a, an extra has a backstory for their character. Mm-hmm. They're like really doing, they're making 50 bucks a day and they're just like, <laughs> My man is ambitious. He's a little orderly than he'd like at this stage of his career, but like he knows as long as he keeps to it, he's going to be able to move up that ladder. So we go to William out on the golf course and it has to suck being a guy who is like known for color coordinated dark outfits when it's like the summertime. <laughs> yeah. And that's not going to be part of the dress code at most major golfing resorts. You can't just walk on and wear all black and you're a robot and you're a robot. So it is, of course, the biology teacher from the first Twilight who's talking about the golden onion with Edward and Bella. I love this fucking guy. I see him in so much and he's always great. I was just excited for William to get a chance at the golden onion. He never got a chance to win that. Why do they call you the Secret Service? Because they can't tell secrets. (laughs) That was the second worst dialogue in all of Westworld. The first were worst line in all of westworld uh we call that neurodivergent i hated that line (laughs) so much (laughs) however we still have to give credit to the the line that activates my assassin sleeper programming (laughs) they say art is a lie that tells the truth honey and the truth is you need to get laid uh i'm neurodivergent (laughs) I have to kill the president now. My <laughs> my sleeper pre- my sleeper assassin programming has been activated. Why do they call you the Secret Service? Aren't you a little obvious? <laughs> don't don't put your finger uh, up to your mouth, a la Doctor Evil. She seems a bit. I I don't know why. I just love her using 
bureaucracy and like human hacking to just stop mm-hmm. these fucking people who just like follow the VP. Yeah. Follow the VP. Why are you going to allow a, a, this? Once again, proving people will listen to anything a hot white lady says. Stop letting hot women put a mountain between you and the vice president. That's when you're the secret service. You can't let that happen. I find it very funny that uh, th- their entire thing is like, look, you can't build a Westworld in the continental United States. Yeah. Anywhere outside of the continental United States, go crazy, but not here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Call it West Bay or maybe Guantanamo World. <laughs> That's a hell of a shot. Double hole in one like a robot would. I genuinely think this is one of the most impressively eerie scenes in all of Westworld. It's crazy that right after the worst line of dialogue I've seen in the entire show that I was just like, oh, this is one of the coolest scenes I've seen in this television show. Like, cause one, hold on one, it's, you could just see him be like, damn boy. Like he was like, high five. Let's get some drinks. Yeah. Uh, hold on one at your age. You celebrate that. And the second one happens and he's like, what the fuck is happening? And the third one's like, oh, you're a robot. The scary musical cue on the third one. Yeah. Was so funny to me. It's appropriate. Dun, dun, dun. You can't. He's just a great golfer. No. Nobody's that good. No, he's just a great golfer. Nobody's that good. Oh, are you saying the odds of somebody getting three exact holes in one in the same exact path is astronomical? It is so impossible that probably my guess would be like, oh, he must have some sort of trick ball. Because that would be much more likely than somebody getting three holes in one from that kind of range. It's an aimbot. <laughs> or like, you know, they're banned in the PGA. I wish you'd been like, is it magnets? <laughs> <laughs> so so how did you feel about Fitzgerald wasn't a feet pussy? <laughs> <laughs> it felt in line with the character. And I do that. I don't love the language, but I do love people trying to be overly poetic and overwrought and having somebody cut through that i i just Mm. always do find that satisfying and so the fitzgerald line is there are no second acts in american lives which is what he's referring to which is his way of basically saying like buddy retire just be rich Mm. don't worry about it there's not going to be any jail time just fucking hang out and play golf it'll be great we'll get drinks next year keep funding our campaigns and you won't go to jail and you're not going to be able to start a second part. And then he brings up the Hemingway line. Uh, the world breaks everyone. And it's only after we grow strong in the broken places that we see what we become. You will grow strong same as I have. So the VP by the end of this episode is a host. I got to say, if I was vice president of the United States, I'm always keeping that thing on me. Oh, yeah. I'm staying strapped 24-7. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm actually doing, I'm doing the double revolvers, one under each, one under each arm, but crisscross. So I can do the super cool, like reach into the opposite sides of my, my duster jacket, my vice presidential duster jacket. So I can do the double uh, revolver pull. Uh, yeah. I'm, I can already see your obituary tripped and fell when he forgot to release the latch on his holster. <laughs> Managed to shoot himself in the feet 12 times. Every single bullet, every single bullet went right into his feet. <laughs> and credit to the VP. I, I have to give him props for this. For when William says, we know 
you would leave most of your security behind. He does not do what I would do in that moment, which is panic swivel my head to look for my Secret Service agents. I'm just running. <laughs> I'm just running. The minute he says, hey, where's your Secret Service buddies? I'm just dashing into the woods. Gonna have to find me. It, ultimately, it wasn't a good strategy, but I can see why people liked him enough to BVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to Maeve and Caleb and... You don't look entirely awful. He just showed up at the Met Gala in a standard tux like every other straight white guy. So he calls Carver, another soldier friend who's watching his wife and kid. Carver's already a host, right? <laughs> Man, I, I, I feel like I feel like Maeve probably would have detected it. I feel like Maeve probably did like a host scan on mm-hmm. uh, these guys, uh, but. Uh, how do we know that? How do we know that his wife and kid aren't already hosts? Uh, that's a good point. Fucking, how do we know that Caleb is still not a host? He brings up the lighthouse and he's like, are we going to talk about it? And she's like, no, because you're a robot now. Oh, that's true. She might know that he's a host and is just fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying not to get too Battlestar Galactica with this. I'll fuck that toaster any time of day. I'm going to say Caleb, not a host till he dies, will die, will never come back as a host. I love that no matter how far in the future he is, in order to activate his earpiece, he has to tap the side of his head. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No matter how far in the future we go, you tap the side of your head to use an earpiece. Yeah. And you never say anything to end a call. You just hang up when you're done talking. <laughs> There's, have you ever seen Layer Cake by uh, Matthew? It's the guy who directed Vaughn. The Kingsman. Matthew Vaughn, yeah. Yes. I do believe I did watch Liar Cake. Good movie. It's the Daniel Craig one where he's the drug dealer, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. They have such a meta joke where just two people are having a threatening conversation. And then the other guy ends the call like you normally would in the movie, in mm-hmm. a movie. And the other guy goes like, he just hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and then it just goes on. It is the funniest moment. <laughs> I like, And it's so out of place in that movie. It's it makes it's a very like young director move. Like he's gonna like I'm gonna reference all the fun stuff that I know in films, and I I really it made me like that movie fifty percent more. Also, there was Burn Gorman in a tracksuit. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's a good movie. Daniel Daniel Craig, one of our great actors. I recommend Layer Cake. Not a lot of opera fans today. Just the Wayne family. How late did you realize? Because I re- I watched it twice, of course, and the hints that it was a park that they were walking into are there so early i was just so embarrassed to rewatch like was it was it until the the car started moving that you realized it was a train yeah once it started moving i was like oh train train like wolf's world the, first of all they have the gramophone which references the era that they're going to be in it also has the year on the side of the gramophone it's a victrola uh, they press that, they go down into a hallway that's obviously an entranceway to some luxurious space. That's not the underside of a theater. That's nothing. It's obviously a, a Delos inspired experience of some type. What could it be? There's an enormous welcome sign as if there's going to be like large crowds of people. It's obviously a park. The doorway to it is an upside down skyscraper carved out on the door. It's, it, it's, it's just so obviously a park. It drove me insane that I didn't catch it the first time. You should have a gun. Her dress doesn't even have pockets. <laughs> Keep it next to the HDMI for it. <laughs> you think she's the uh, Thunderbolt at this point? Think she's a uh, uh, USB-C? You know, they regulated USB-C. It's, you know what? It's USB-C 3.1, but not 3.2. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I got to say, never order for a woman, even if she's a robot. Uh, she appreciated that he paid attention. I saved your life, you robot. He's not, Caleb's not a robot. He's a robot. Uh, we're going to have to post a poll. Is Caleb or is Caleb not a robot? And we're going to have to specify in uh, whether or not he could be both because there could be multiple timelines being represented. Or cyborg. Ooh. Yeah, we, we, you know what's weird? We haven't had a lot of assisted, like they really just made that leap to host. We haven't seen a like half human. Yeah, yeah, we're not seeing a lot of, uh, oh, I got a robot kidney. Yeah. And th- there should be people walking around who just have like artificial legs that are just as good as normal legs. Yeah, I want to see some fucking uh, cable ass uh, uh, robot arms. Yeah, the, that really feels like it should have been a season two thing. Like one of the security guys should have basically been a cyborg. Mm hmm. They put me together after the war and then I came to work, you know, like that, that kind of line. Yeah. A bit of a cliche, but I feel like appropriate and fun. Suddenly the, the, the walls start to shift around and they realize, oh no, we're in Hyperloop. <laughs> Which is just a tunnel that only Tesla's can drive in. <laughs> That's the dumbest fucking thing. The Hyperloop was supposed to be a vacuum and like a train and a completely different technology, but now they invented a tunnel with no passing line, only for expensive cars. Already clogged, already terribly congested. Also, almost no way to get out. No. Yeah. A very claustrophobic experience. I hope they're still keeping it in a vacuum so when somebody tries to get out of their car and the eventual break down their head just pops. <laughs> What's that sound going to sound like? <laughs> we lost another one. <laughs> so uh, we go to uh, the DOJ guy. And once again, I have to say... Mm-hmm. Always check your back seats for assassins or serial killers. I if if past a certain net worth, like don't have a back seat. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Uh, But 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 you gotta drive around in the Escalade. I think the reason people are driven instead of (laughs) drive themselves Mm -hmm. is just because they need to be in the back seat of their car and they can't reach the steering wheel from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the only thing that makes sense. I got to say, a lot of people would pay good money to be garroted in a car with Tessa Thompson. Yeah. I mean, that's a premium experience. That's going to be an extra on top of the normal $40,000 a weekend Westworld fee. It wouldn't do to replace your kind one at a time. Uh, excuse me, slow and steady wins the race. So what do you what do you think the overall plan is? It's just decimating the human race eh. with a mind virus, a fly virus? Yeah, probably. Oh, I, f- I figure maybe the black goo not only kills them, but makes them kill all the other humans. Uh, yeah, it'll probably be like a, you know, fucking human organic zombies, uh, uh, you know, uh, mass chaos in the streets again. Who knows? It's a terrifying prospect, certainly. We go back to Christina and this, this fucking Peter Myers guy or whatever. First of all, terrible obituary photo. Yeah. Red buddy, if I die anytime soon. Your work's showing up in the paper. Yeah. I mean, also, everybody should just keep a file that says obituary photo. So they don't get the, the, the photo of them with like 50 cigarettes in their mouth at once. And your own obituary at various lengths, just so people don't do it dumb. <laughs> this boss is so fucking stupid. Uh, uh, your trauma, is it physical? Psychological? The only two kinds of trauma. I mean, the more I think about the people around her in this world, like this guy is basically a sentient phone tree. <laughs> You're entitled to four sick days a year. It's nice to see that 
the union's lost in this world. We haven't made any gains uh, uh, regarding corporate benefits. Uh, we all just got crushed under their thumbs. Here's the thing. I have a completely different reading of Emmett as a character because I think we saw Evan Rachel Wood's reaction of a normal worker who's just worried about having a paycheck mm-hmm. to the power and indifference of her boss. But when I said he's a sentient phone tree, I mean it. Go back and watch the first and second episode. He, I don't think he cares or knows anything at all. I think he's like barely even a character, mm-hmm. just like reciting various things like, is your problem psychological, blah, blah, blah. Like he is not, I put malevolence when it was just like, Barely sentience. Probably not sentience. Do you? Nah, nah, because then James Marsden probably wouldn't be there. I was about to say, do you think that Evan uh, Christina is in a fully virtual environment? I think you wouldn't have the the, yeah. the people who are like losing their minds in the world mm-hmm. if it was a fully virtual environment. I could be wrong, but I just can't think of an easy explanation for that. I think the tower, which is controlling most of the people and driving some of them insane, is the more likely explanation. Mm-hmm. So I got to say. As an old motherfucker, I will never trust self-driving cars. I would trust them on the highway on the West Coast. Even going to the East Coast, I'm like, it can't handle this. <laughs> self-driving cars will never be able to handle this type of chaos. No, never. Yeah, and like just people just drive insane. Like if you go to like Ireland, it's like all one lane roads. <laughs> Not all. There's like there's a major thoroughfare, but there it just has a ton of roads. That are just like barely wide enough, don't even have lane markers. Uh, they're not ne- even necessarily paved. And it's like, there's no self driving cars ever gonna be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. That, like, where are they, they gonna get that data? No, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you can't know that the delivery driver going the other way, who's kind of peeking into your lane, is actually gonna get out of the way at the last second, unless you live there and see that guy every day and just know that that's what's gonna happen. Uh, we go back to Caleb and Maeve. Uh, I can't get a signal. So much for 8G. <laughs> it is hilarious that we're still doing the I can't get a signal thing. Isn't it the stupidest thing in the world? Stop explaining away cell phones. People have cell phones and like write them into the plot, include them into the experience. Do you have any history of heart problems? Robot heart. Why would that matter? Robot heart. Uh, there's, I don't know how closely you were watching this, but there's so many moments that Maeve like rolls her eyes at the the woman who's doing the intro. So by oh, the way, is that Tallulah Riley? No. Oh, glad you asked. Thank you. Because I know she said she mentions she mentions uh, her being a pre like getting an upgrade. So this character is primarily in the first season. I do not remember if they're in the second or third season at all. But when Clementine is pulled off the uh, bar duty. Oh, she's replacement Clem. This is new Clem. This is new mm-hmm. Clementine. And so, as you remember, Maeve has a big attachment to Clementine. So when new Clem comes in, in the, in the first season, she's like, who the fuck is this woman? So she already has an active dislike for this host. Mm-hmm. And that is what we see throughout, <laughs> throughout the scene. Do you have a history of depression? Panic attacks? Uh, video games give you those. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. That and scrambling. Uh- so, I gotta say, even in the future, nobody reads the EULA. Nope. They're just putting those thumbs <sighs> right down. Yeah. Now they own you. Right. I mean, well, you're saying that sarcastically, but, like, that's what happens in the park. We already know that. That's the plot. Uh-huh. They're stealing your yeah. DNA and using yeah. it to make robots in the future. 
But fortunately, yeah. they do not take the hats. And I don't know if you remember this plot point. <laughs> that The hats have the little, like, things in them. The hats are the cerebral scanners. If you don't wear the hat, they can't scan your cerebrum. Mm-hmm. I can help you get dressed. That robot wants to jerk him off. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, isn't that pretty explicit? Yeah. Yeah. The robot wants to jerk him off, which by the way, you go to Disney Avengers campus. They'll, they'll let that animatronic Spider-Man jerk you off. I actually really liked Caleb's reaction in this scene because he is reacting like somebody who did not read the pamphlet, the brochure. To Westworld, and he's yeah, just the like part that's like robots. They'll jerk you off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He is so confused by what is happening, and I, you could tell like part of his brain's like, I, I'm just gonna snap its neck, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> will that kill it? So we go to Christina, who is at the Hope Center for Mental Health, which is where William was chilling last season, and it's also big donation. It's got a plaque. What do you make of her? Uh, Please leave. And everybody leaves. This whole scene is the biggest evidence yet that this is all a fake world that somehow Dolores is the key component. Some sort of virtual environment. Yeah. Well, so it made me wonder, like, are those the... Because they're seen from the distance, they're wearing helmets, and it reminded me very much of the cleanup crew from the first season. Mm -hmm. We find out Peter died. A long time ago. A long time ago. And she's wearing a long sleeve garment, so we can't tell if she cut herself that morning. She did not cut herself. A man cut her. If she got cut, listen, cuts happen. Stop victim blaming this robot. If she got a cut on her arm. She's been through so much. She's got a long sleeve dress on, and so we cannot see if the cut on her arm is still there. It's so many words. Oh, oh, you're going to say it so many words when I tried to compress the information that the Game of Thrones digital board game was free on the Epic Game Store and you thought I was hacked? <laughs> you sent me the shortest text. Got board game digital free Epic. <laughs> and I was just like, I just saw, because what comes through on my notification is just the text and no link. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh no, Ivan's been hacked. I, should, I need to text him on his cell phone. Never. G- this is all lowercase GOT board game digital free on Epic. And it's, yeah, got board game digital free on Epic. And I was just like, <laughs> that is the most succinct way that I could have possibly phrased that information. <laughs> if you could have capitalized G and T, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to look into this. <laughs> you better have gotten that fucking board game. Every time I send you a free game link, you're, you're like, oh, a free game disgusting when has this ever happened in the past fall guys oh yeah i did i did say disgusting that's a disgusting game. fucking son of a bitch well now it's free to play yes <laughs> see it all comes around yeah so uh peter's a robot yep after she calls fucking the stupid roommate and, and the stupid roommate is like your world may have gone a little insane but you haven't she's definitely a robot she's definitely a robot definitely a robot all these people are people are robots I think there's some time splitting happening. I don't really have a theory about how that's working yet. It just seems to me that they're very clearly dividing up different times within her experience. And it seems like Westworld's the kind of show that would bring that back. So I don't have a coherent philosophy about what is happening there, but I'm on watch. I'm on watch for time fuckery. So we go to Charlotte Hale, who has uh, Organic William all done up. She wakes him up and is like, do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby! (laughs) I haven't had an Axl Rose drop in so long. I would (laughs) scream laugh if that actually happened in the show. 
<laughs> yeah, so real William is still alive, and they've got him fucking in this hyperbaric sex chamber. As I mentioned in our recap episode, they just used one of those little uh, flame igniters that they have to seal his neck back up <laughs> and then put him back in carbonite. Mm-hmm. Remember what you said? Winning doesn't mean anything unless someone loses. This guy needs to play It Takes Two. If only we could get a fifth season... It's going to be Maeve and it's going to be William playing It Takes Two together. And I feel like they could really heal some divides. It's going to be a fun time. So uh, the she, she just taunts him. Uh, fucking fake William comes out and is like, hey, you want me to jerk you off? <laughs> and I feel like William would be the type of person who would be like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just- My hands are all the way out here. Could you help a guy out? <laughs> uh, so we go to... The big reception mm-hmm. for 1920s world? We're calling it Roaring Twenties World? Uh, so I believe the explicit title is The Golden Age. That chapter may have been dark, but it was also extremely profitable. This is how they launched Overwatch 2. <laughs> I mean... It's a dark time for video games. <laughs> a dark time for Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I don't know. It's going to be popular, isn't it? And it's going to be a world uh, community. Uh, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot permanently. Now, given all that's happened there, I think only now the most toxic elements will remain. It'll basically be like, you know, just a random team. F- f- uh, I forgot the name. Uh, what, what's the hat game? Team Fortress 2. It'll just be another Team Fortress 2 form. It'll be. I hate that you were going to call it the hat game. <laughs> it is the hat game. It it became the hat game. It, it 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 spent a majority of its lifespan as the hat game. But when it launched, those first few years before it became the hat game, <sighs> amazing. Yeah, that that's like we call Louis C. Guy the jerk off in front of other people guy. We don't we don't refer to his earlier specials. <laughs> and Team Fortress Two is the hat game. That's that's what's going on. So when when you heard there was a war, a pandemic, you like, oh no. Unfortunately, uh, they did not go that direction. They're referring to World War One, and then the Roaring Twenties, which followed it. The Spanish Flu. Yeah, the Spanish Flu, which makes this about 2070, give or take, which mm-hmm. is in line with other stuff we know. I got to say, the the most I've ever related to Caleb in the entirety of the series is when he was like, "I'm not a hat guy." <laughs> Big heads. <laughs> That's the problem with having big heads. I I felt very judged when it was like, which do you like? And and Maeve just rolled her eyes. <laughs> like, I'm going to put one of those things on my head. No, thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to the golden age. It's 1920s world. Yeah, 1920s world. It's going to be fun. Uh, which, by Would the you way, rather go to 1920s world or Westworld? Would you rather play? Would you rather play Mafia Remastered Edition or Red Dead Redemption 2? Uh, I would much rather play 1920s world i love chicago i like cities more it's dusty and sunny like i don't like that part Mm -hmm. of course i'm going to be in 1920s world it's all about drinking illegally (laughs) i knew i knew you'd love that part (laughs) drinking's cool in this world me i'm just listening to jazz and smoking those jazz cigarettes but also hbo has a prestige show from roughly this era called boardwalk empire (laughs) do you think that they just reuse the sets yes I'm sure that they did. I'm. They never struck those sets. I'm curious if they're going to include somebody, if Al Capone is going to be the same actor and just going to oh make a, an appearance. I would love it. Steve Buscemi pops out. Yeah. Paz de la Horta pops out and is like, Noki. 
<laughs> this is a show that has been willing to do those kind of crossovers. I mean, I feel like they would probably be more likely to get like a very minor character just like at the bar who's like mm-hmm. at the bar in the old one. But yeah, so I'm curious. Do you think they're going to spend the majority of the rest of the time in this park? I don't know. I, I just know that this is not Westworld once again. <laughs> Shows evolve. All right. So that was season four, episode two. The title of the episode again was Well Enough Alone, which they did not leave well enough alone. It's really getting into it. I'm excited about the season. This is a good time. It's a show. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, thank you guys uh, for the people who especially supported us on Patreon. We really do appreciate you. Patreon.com slash Swords. if you want to throw us a few bones. You can find us on Twitter at Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.